In the previous episode, we talked about building names, how proper names have a referential function. That is, when I say Rubenstein, that should evoke in you the same mental image of the same building that I have in mind when I mention the name. We talked about Hadouk's repetitive use of the same names and the use of multiple names for the same buildings really interferes with this function. People end up confused and lost. Names are not practical if you have to give five different clarifications to make sure people end up in the right buildings. But if reference was the only function of names, there would be no need to change the functional name of the events pavilion into Penn Pavilion or West Union into the Broadhead Center. We could get away with naming buildings with the letters of the alphabet or as Dormitory 1, Dormitory 2, as several of the residence halls on East were originally named. But yet, we don't do that. We rename buildings, and we have ceremonies for it. Well, that's the topic of today's episode. Hi, I'm Camila Vargas, and this is Curting, a show where we examine those things that usually go unnoticed, but that are constantly shaping our experience. Kerning is a space to think about design at Duke. Stay with me, and maybe by the end of the show, I may have changed, albeit in the tiniest bit, the way you think about your world. Today's show is about building names again. Welcome to part two. A 2014 Duke Today article reads, Dedication Ceremony announces a new name, a new life for Gross Hall. In transforming Gross Hall into a new home for many of Duke's interdisciplinary initiatives, a campus building has been given a new life. One of the most unloved buildings on campus is now a place of bright, open space, emphasizing collaboration and connection. In 2014, Gross Chem was renamed Gross Hall. It used to be the chemistry building. It was basically the new chemistry building as opposed to old chem. That's Valerie Gillespie. You've heard from her before. She's a university archivist. Um, But after the library closed uh, for renovation, there were a bunch of political science faculty members who had offices in this building, and they were moved over to Gross Hall. And they felt like Gross Chem didn't really represent what was happening in there since the chemistry department wasn't sort of based in there anymore. So they changed it to Gross Hall to make it a little more um, reflective of, of what was happening in the building. I wanted to start with this example because the change from Gross Chem to Gross Hall may seem minimal, maybe even unnecessary. But we had a dedication ceremony in a Duke Today article about this because the change, the change didn't seem minimal for the people that were working in the building. And I think this is a reflection of how building names, they have meaning. They give the building personality. They give it identity. The official Duke policy says, Duke University will name a new building for the donor when the donor's gift provides at least half of the private cost of the new building. The university may name buildings or public outdoor spaces in recognition of a former member of the faculty or administration who has been retired for at least 10 years and deceased for at least five years. I think this policy is pretty reflective 
of how we name or rename buildings and spaces. So at the end of today, we will be going back here and we will be unveiling a plaque smack in the middle of the middle of the university. That's President Richard Broadhead speaking at the Able Quad dedication ceremony in September 2016. Such that if you go there, <coughs> you're going to see this plaque and you're going to know something. A, this is beautiful, and B, there's a history of how this came into being. A, a, a gilded sign that says in large letters, Abel Quad, and then named for Julian F. Abel, the African-American architect who between 1924 and 1950 designed all the surrounding buildings. Take your eyes and... This reflects the first major trend on the way we name buildings. We do it as a way to write history. This could be by commemorating important aspects of the university's history. Randolph or is it Bell Tower? Those are named for some historical um, uh, points in Duke's history. So we used to be in Randolph County before we moved to Durham County. The Bell Tower, there's actually the original bell from the, the um, Randolph County. Um, I think it's from the Randolph County Schoolhouse, or else it's one of the, the early bells that was on, on East Campus. I checked. It's not quite the original bell, because this one was destroyed in a fire, but it's named after Mars Jack, which has been the college bell since 1911. So that's what that is named for. It's also about commemorating important figures such as presidents or trustees. On West Campus, the residential quads are all named for presidents. So we have Few, Kilgo, Crowell, uh, Edens, Cohan. I might be missing one. Craven is also a former president. But we need to give Valerie some credit. She was doing this out of pure recall. No map, no nothing in front of her. The union is named for President Broadhead, so those are all presidents over in that area. Flowers is named for a former president. Brown is named for an old trustee of the university from the 19th century. Allen Building is named for um, uh, George Allen, who was one of the uh, trustees of the Duke Endowment as well, and involved in the creation of the university. And it can also be about commemorating faculty who have had an important impact on the university, or who represent important historical moments. The names of the Divinity School buildings, um, which there are three different buildings right next to each other that each have a different name, Lankford, Gray, and one more that I can't remember right now. Those are all named for former deans of the Divinity School. Westbrook is the one she was missing. Davison at the head of the quad, that's the, the former medical school building, is named for the first dean of the medical school. Baldwin is named for Alice Mary Baldwin, the first dean of the women's college. Giles is named for the first women students to receive degrees from Duke University. Friedel is named for a faculty member on campus. Whitehall is named for Richard White, also a faculty member on campus. Uh, oh, Gilbert Adams. That's named for two early uh, women faculty members, um, I believe both in the arts. Building names in the athletics complex also follow this historical trend, a lot of them named after coaches reflecting important moments in Duke's history. 
And then there's the other trend, the donor trend. A lot of the more modern buildings have been named after those who have given at least 50% of the private costs, as I mentioned when I read the policy. So yeah, it, it is a mix. I would say the modern trend is more to uh, offer as an incentive to donors uh, a name on a building or a space because that is attractive to donors to be able to sort of have a uh, permanent or semi-permanent legacy on the campus. Lily is named for a woman who gave um, a big donation in the 1990s, and that's when it changed from the East Campus Library to Lily Library. And to some of the, the ones sort of in um, engineering, some of the science ones, those, uh, a number of them are named for donors. A number of the schools that we have here are named for donors, like Fuqua is the name of uh, a donor to the business school. Um, the Rubenstein buildings are all named for Rubenstein. The Schwartzbutters is named for a donor. The Yo football game is football uh, building is named for a donor. The Ambler Tennis uh, Stadium is named for a donor. Uh, Pratt School of Engineering named for a donor. Uh, the Levine Science and Research Center named for a donor. So it seems to me that there used to be a trend where people who had made a significant impact at the university were then honored when the university decided to name a building after them. Now the trend is kind of reversed. There is an incentive to give money to the university in exchange of a building name. It's kind of a make an impact by giving me money to build this building and I will give you a building name. I think it's a different trend. I'm not saying it's good, I'm not saying it's bad. But I think that the way we're writing history through our buildings has changed a bit. Been trying to make it work like a hypocrite. Driving by myself, that's a better trip at night. No time. But then I realized another thing. I've been in this campus for three and a half years, and I didn't know all this. I didn't know that Davidson was the first dean of the medical school. I didn't know the names of all of our past presidents. I may have heard about Randolph County and the Bell Tower, but I didn't know about Blackwell Park. My point is, we're constantly nicknaming and, and using names in, a, in an automatic way, and we really don't know the history behind them. But yet, the, the history is still there, and the way we name our buildings reflects the values of the university. So much so that A. Cook Building was renamed in 2014. So much so that one of the missions of the Commission on Memory and History that President Price named on September 2017 was to propose principles to guide the President and the Board of Trustees when an issue arises related to the appropriateness of a memorial or the naming of a facility on campus. These principles should reflect the deep values of the university. The third principle that the commission reported was the meaning of campus symbols should align in totality with Duke's highest aspiration. 
So that's what this episode was about. Names are not only reference, they're symbols. Sleeping with a fly, that's a UFO. Sleeping in two months, baby, you should go outside. It's like. This is a Here at Duke original podcast produced by me, Camila Vargas. You can find more student produced podcasts on hereatduke.org. That is H E A R at duke.org. Been reading books I don't quite get, been learning all these alphabets. Special thanks to Valerie Gillespie for sitting down with me to talk about all these building names, and to all my friends who have heard me talk about this building name episode for about a year. The music for this podcast was provided by Pottington Bear. This song is a student production by Apartment X. You can find them on Spotify and follow them on Instagram. So sometimes they're sort of applied at a later date than you would think. Like I, if I hadn't known, I would think Campus Drive and just been Campus Drive since the two campuses were um, named, but it was called Myrtle Drive for a long time. So when we were talking about the naming for, uh, naming something for Julian Abel, I was on the committee that helped make recommendations to the board. And one of the things we considered was uh, Chapel Drive. Like, should we rename that? Able Drive, and there was a lot of discussion about that. You know, that would be a very visible memorial. It would also be confusing.